Good morning and welcome to Conversations with Buddy. We re- are recording this episode at the Corbin University this morning here in Salem, Oregon. We drop a new podcast every Friday morning with a new story that will impact someone. We hope that someone is you. Thank you for the listeners each week that take the time to hear the stories of our guests. We really appreciate you. Uh, please take a moment and subscribe to our podcast. Give us a review and share this podcast with your friends, family, or co- uh, co-workers on your favorite social media platform. We want to get these messages out to the people and impact the world one testimony at a time. Just a quick announcement. There's a men's conference coming up here in Salem on June 10th called the Pacific Northwest Men's Conference. There's probably going to be around 2,000 men there, so come join us. The list of speakers are amazing. Uh, click on the link, uh, pnwmc.org, and uh, join us. This morning, um, and I'm grateful to introduce you my guest and friend, Jesse Barnes. Welcome. Thank you for having me, buddy. appreciate it. Yeah, man. Glad to have you here. I've known you for a little while, a few years. Yeah, about seven. About seven. Time flies, man. Mm-hmm. And you've had, well, a couple kids since we first met. Two and then one on the way. Final one. Yeah. <laughs> you, you sure about that? Uh, yeah, I'm going to make it Make it final. You're going to make it final. That's, yeah. that's the final deal. Okay. Well, let's just dive in a little bit. I'm just going to kind of introduce what I know about you, and then we're going to dive into what I don't know about you, and we're going to learn about you. Okay. I always say every time I... Uh, interview somebody whether I know them really well or not. I I always learn something new, so not sure what's going to be, but I'll learn something. Sure, you will. Okay, so Jesse, uh, you're married to a lady named Allie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how long have you guys been married? Eight years. Eight years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, got two girls, one on the way, mm-hmm. Olivia McKenna. Mm-hmm. Okay, the 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 new one on the way. I, I I'm learning for the first time. Well, I know you guys were pregnant, but Give me the story. Yeah, so um, we were talking about it on the way in here, but yeah, uh, November we were kind of just discussing. You know, I've always wanted a boy, but I can't really imagine having anybody else except for my two little girls, and like they're my little girls, right? Yeah, they're healthy, and I was happy, and you know, I still am. I'm just like, you know what? I don't, I don't need any more kids. You know, Allie and I were talking, and like, okay, well, you know, we're we're good with the two girls, you know. And there's a lot of selfish reasons why most men want boys, you know, especially when you're a sports fan, you know, or, totally. or, or you just want, you know, like, man, I'm like, I have a sister, right? And, uh, and she, I have no brothers. So this is the last Barnes in my entire family, mm. right? Little things like that. But that's, but then I got to thinking back in November when we were debating, I was like, that's such a selfish reason, you know, like, you know, I want, you know, a, someone to carry on my last name. It's like, yeah, you know whatever, like it's, that's all in vain. And I'm just super happy with my two little girls. So I went into Salem urology <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'm going to go get my vasectomy appointment scheduled. Yeah. Like, yep, you're a good candidate and uh, come back in a month in December and we'll, we'll make it final. And I called Allie on the way home. I said, all right, I'm a good candidate. <laughs> and uh, December, I set the date and she goes, all right, and I'll never forget. She said, all right, well, you're, you're useless to me now. And as a joke, and I said, oh, okay. <laughs> and then, uh, That's hilarious. The next morning, we found out we were pregnant. Yeah, That's funny. God had a different plan for you guys, yep. apparently. Four, uh, let's see, it was like 4 a.m. Allie was like, she was super hot. Like the, that night going to bed, she was just like super like hot. Just like, what the heck's going on? I feel like it's burning in here. I'm like, no way, I'm freezing. It's, you know, 
November, and then uh, 4 a.m. she woke up, and she showed me the test, and I woke up kind of like, you know, it's a little bit too early. You know, I'm used to my girls waking up early, and I thought it was a COVID test, and I was freaking out, and I was like, get away from me. I'm not trying to get COVID. Yeah. I'm going to go quarantine, and she's like, what? I was like, dude, I don't want COVID, and she, like, she was just like, almost like, wait, okay, she's like, she felt hurt for a second. She's like, you don't want to have a kid with me? And I was like, no. I didn't I didn't know what was happening, but I was freaking out because obviously I was just like, I'm not trying to get COVID again. But it was a baby, and I was super excited, and we told the girls. So I can't wait. Due in June, late June. Yeah. We, you know, we picked out the name, you know, Blake Matthew Barnes. So Blake Matthew Barnes. Yeah. Blake That's Barnes. I, I figured, you know, it sounds good, you know. Now batting. Number three. I was going to say, he's, he's, Blake he's a professional athlete. Yeah. Probably Plays at Oregon State. Yeah. Yeah. World, yeah. World Series. Yeah. yeah. Whole deal. Yep. He'll thank me later. Yeah. Okay. So you were, what I learned about you is you were born on a Marine base. Your dad was in the Navy. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that about you. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that in a moment because I want to hear what that looked like. Um, as you grew up, you went to Oregon State. You're a Beave. Go Beaves. Yeah. Uh, do you love football more or baseball more, more of uh, Beavers? This last year, it was probably football. The, uh, when we win the World Series, College World Series, probably baseball. No, okay. I, I, I like them both. I mean, they both have a special place in my heart only because, you know, in high school, I played basketball, football, and baseball. And I loved all three, whichever season it was. I was my favorite. But um, baseball is just good to be outside, you know, yeah. especially in Oregon when you don't get very much vitamin D. Just being outside and, you know, smelling the fresh air and just yeah. hearing the pop of the ball in the mitt, you know, mm. it's just – it's just fun, you know, and the football games, of course, are a once a week event where it's like, you know, you only get like, you know, four or five home games a year. So it's special, you know, totally, and, you know, but I don't know. I like them both. Yeah. Cool. So you went to Oregon State. Uh, what did you graduate with? What degree? Uh, business with a minor in speech communications and marketing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. So moving forward, you uh, got into real estate. You're, you're, you are a licensed real estate agent broker yeah uh you work for a property management company as well mm-hmm. um you love investing in real estate mm-hmm. and would, would i say businesses as well yeah i'm right now i'm in the thick of looking at different business opportunities my, my main goal is just to be able to say like hey i want to take this week off and go chaperone my kids you know school event you know uh, outdoor school or whatever it was like right. when i was a kid you know without having to worry about like me like giving up a paycheck you know I, I never want to get to that point so um trying to just find different different avenues of yeah. income whether it's real estate or businesses yeah so that thing of multiple streams of income would be a cool thing yeah that would be great yeah okay find, yeah. um let's let's start with kind of where you where you grew up at so you grew up you, you were born on a marine base and your dad was in the military mm-hmm. uh tell me about the upbringing and being in a military family I'd love to hear that. And I don't think I actually knew that about you. Yeah. So it wasn't really like a military family. It was more so like my dad. So to back up this story, I guess, um, my mom, I'm, I'm half Korean. Okay. My dad was from Bend, Oregon. He's just like a European mutt, right? Just, <laughs> European mutt. Right. With just, yeah. it's like every other, you yeah. know, um, Caucasian, right? Yeah. So um, he grew up in Pendleton, uh, had a father who, you know, was a police officer, but, you know, had many different women, you know, didn't really have a good stable household. You know, he was, you know, 
homecoming king, you know, Pendleton running back, you know, shortstop, you know, but he, you know, would come home after games and, you know, take care of his younger siblings because he didn't really have, you know, people doing that for him. So he kind of had to grow up quick, right? Um, after he graduated high school, he either could go to Blue Mountain Community College in Pendleton or he could join the service. So one day he just said, hey, Dad, I'm, I'm leaving, you know, on Monday. And he's like, all right, see ya. And so he took off. He had an assignment to Italy, and uh, one of his, um, I guess, recruits with him uh, had Okinawa, Japan. Mm-hmm. And he said, please, my wife's family's from Italy. Uh, can we swap assignments? So they swapped, and my dad ended up going to Okinawa, Japan. Mm. Um, th- there, my now my mom's side, she grew up um, on a farm, super remote, like to the point where she didn't have a school. She grew up on a farm with her dad died when she was like three. She was one of like multiple siblings, like six or seven siblings, which was wow. pretty frowned upon in South Korea. Right. Um, and she, she, this is like the most famous story of my mom in terms of like how poor she was. She tells me, she goes, yeah, I was so poor that I would chew it like, the nearest market was miles down the road. So she would walk down the road and like once a week buy one stick of gum. Mm-hmm. And that was like her treat. And she would chew it and then every night stick it on her wall on the floor near her bed where she'd sleep and then chew it the next morning until she could get a new stick the next wow. week. So she grew up, which explains a lot of the way my mom is, right? Everything's about like giving to her kids because she didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Um to the point where we have to like force her to like accept nicer things or, you know, do like, you know, every time we go out, she's like, why are you spending money? She just, so some like, yeah, if my mom's listening to this, we just don't have to not tell her sometimes, you know, yeah. We do stuff like that. yeah. but, um, she, she didn't grow up a believer. Neither did my dad kind of did, but he obviously growing up the way he did. He didn't have very positive influences. Yeah. Um, and he ended up, my mom, one day was like, mom, I'm getting off the farm. I'm going to go visit my friends who um, are married to military members mm. in Okinawa, Japan. I don't know any Japanese, but I'm going to go visit my friends. And I just want to get away. So she left. Met my dad um, at the local, I don't know, watering hole, you know, at the Marine base there. Uh, they met. My dad asked her out. She said no. My dad kept going back there like every night. Saw her again one night and asked her again. My mom's family's like, oh, okay, fine. Um, she ended up staying longer than the month, got married. I was born on the Marine base. Um, but while she was pregnant with me, a lot of her women friends were Christians and believers, which um, when you are when you don't have anyone, any, like, no one that speaks your language, mm-hmm. you're going to do anything you can just to be around people that are culturally, you know, the same as you, like, no, like if, if we were in, you know, uh, a different part of the world where they didn't have burgers and pizza and sports, me and you would probably be like, Jesse, like these guys aren't the same like belief as us, but they speak our language. And I just want to like be around people yeah. that talk like us. And, you know, so my mom uh, would go to these Bible studies just so she could um, just be around other mm. Korean women. Right. And one night she was supposed to go to a Bible study. And, um, she was very pregnant with me, like eight months pregnant. And right before she's leaving, she gets the worst pain she's ever had in her life. She looking back, she says it was worse than actual giving birth, probably because she also had an epidural and had pain meds and so yeah, but still she's like, it was so painful. I crawled to the phone and for some reason, instead of calling the local, um, the military base 
911 or the hospital, she ended up, for some reason, something felt like she she called her friend, said, hey, I can't make it to Bible study. I, I Something's not right. So she's like, something's not not right with um, with me. It's, I'm in super, like a lot of pain. And the the woman who was hosting the Bible study at the time basically said, you know what? I believe that it's the enemy trying to keep you away from, you know, knowing Jesus. So she prayed for my mom over the phone, mm-hmm. and immediately the pain went away. She ended up giving her life to Christ that night um, at the Bible study. And then from there, my mom has been essentially the rock of uh, my my family in terms of, like, why me, my father, my sister, and many others actually in my family are, are followers of Christ. Mm. And so, um, and then after that, I... My, my dad and my mom moved after my dad's four-year assignment. I was one years old and moved back to Bend, Corvallis, and then the rest is history. So just to clarify, you were born in Okinawa, Japan. Mm-hmm. On the Marine base, yeah. On the Marine base, and you're there for four years. So at four, you moved to? No, my mom was there for a couple years, and I on the like, third or fourth year of my dad's assignment, Got it. they He's had me, here. and then I was only there for, shoot, maybe nine months to a year, Got it. maybe a little over, and then we moved back to Bend. My dad ended up getting his college paid for. So he went into took classes at Oregon State, worked the night shift as a security guard at Hewlett Packard um, on low-income housing with me and my mom and my dad. And uh, just my dad ended up working his way up Hewlett Packard and yeah. all that. And you and Maria is obviously a younger sister. Mm-hmm. Yep. She oh, was, what's the difference in age? Three years, yeah. Okay. Yep. You guys are pretty close? Yeah, we're pretty close, yeah. You guys seem really close. Yeah, we are. How long have your parents been married now? Ooh, since 89 or 88. Um, so, I don't know. So, they've been married for, really for math. 30. So, I got married in 91, so uh, 33, 34 years. Yeah. Hey, when did your dad graduate from high school, from Pendleton? Ooh, I'm going to just take a guess anywhere from 84, 85, maybe. It's funny. Why? Well, I grew up on that southern mountain too, so I had friends in Pendleton, and so I graduated '86, so I probably know your dad or something. Really? Yeah. What's your dad's first name? Dean Barnes. Dean Barnes. Yeah. He played football. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. Pendleton Buckaroo. Yeah. See if he knows any Crick County Cowboys from Primeville. Oh, I'm sure he probably. Yeah, does. you should mention that. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I'll cool. Have to ask him. All right. Well, so you go to Oregon State. And so go take us through that journey and then how you met Allie. That's, that's, that's the next phase here we can talk about. Yeah. Well, went to Crescent Valley high school in Corvallis, ended up applying to like Western Oregon, Seattle Pacific, um, Point Loma, a couple of different colleges in California, you know, some, but Oregon state was the cheapest option in terms of that. Um, and I, I was at that time I was helping lead worship at Calvary Chapel Corvallis, and so just my community was there. Um, as much as I didn't want to be in the same town that I grew up in, I, it was it just made sense. So, so you grew up at Calvary Chapel even as a kid. Um, Grand Avenue Baptist Church uh, first, which is where I went to like preschool and stuff, yeah. and then yeah, I ended up going to Calvary um, oh. after yeah transition to Calvary Chapel Corvallis. Um. There is a house there on campus called House of Karis, yeah. which is the um, girls' Christian um, house where there's, you know, I'd say probably like 30 women, you know, young women uh, live there, and it's like a ministry of Calvary Chapel. Mm-hmm. I think they um, uh, run that ministry. My sister was there 
and um, again, she's three years younger than me, and I was a junior slash senior, yeah, junior, and then uh, she was a freshman, and um, she had one of her roommates named Allie. Oh, and interesting. That's, yep, and then I asked my sister, hey, who's Allie? And who's that girl? Yep, exactly, and then I guess the rest is history. Yeah, yeah. too funny. I didn't think, I, I didn't know you grew up at, in uh, Crescent Valley High School. Mm-hmm. Um. Hey, by the way, have you ever watched the movie Jesus Revolution? I haven't. It, well, it just came out probably a couple months ago, right? Yeah, about a month ago. I yeah. highly recommend it. It really tells a story about uh, Chuck Smith and the whole yeah. Tower Chapel. It, it's a phenomenal movie, by the way. So definitely recommend yeah. watching it. So yeah, I've heard that from many people. Yeah. I definitely will. So when you are at Oregon State, did you play any sports? What, loving sports, did you? Um, no. No, I didn't. I just ended up taking that more of like the recreational route, like just, you know, going to Dixon, which is the local rec center there and playing pickup ball and studying and, um, you know, just yeah. doing that route and focusing on trying to just graduate as fast as I could. So, yeah. Yeah. Growing up, um, what are some of the ahas challenges, uh, growing up that, that you overcome that, you can think it really makes you who you are today. I mean, we all go through life. We all have challenges. What are some of those pivotal moments in your life, Jesse, that uh, makes you who you are today? Because everybody has a story. Everybody has a history. There's usually some pain in there. I'm not looking for um, just something authentic that you want to share that, you know, maybe how your parents raised you. I know your mom is from South Korea. Mm -hmm. Your dad's from Pendleton. You know, I, I can relate to you who your dad is, you know, the redneck from Eastern Oregon. Um, but yeah, what, what does that look like? How that make you are who you are today and, and just some pivotal moments. Yeah. Um, I think that when you're younger, you, well, if you were to ask me the same question, probably like five or seven years ago, before I even had kids, there would be less grace for my parents. Mm. Right. Um, like, oh, and we all say that, like, oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to do it differently, you know. Way better than my parents, Way yeah. better, so much better, yeah. They don't know how to do it, you know, and, but looking at where my mom and dad both came from, you know, um, they did the best they could, and, uh, there were, you know, and, and a lot of it explains some of my thing, and where I come from also explains, like, who I am in a sense that, like, for instance, when I start getting frustrated at something, the way I can react, um, I have to understand, like, I'm a big history guy, right? Like, if you don't if you don't know history, you're bound to repeat it, right? I don't know mm-hmm. who said that, but there's that quote, right? Mm-hmm. It, so um, knowing where, like, like, the fiber of who I am and what my, you know, lineage is and where I come from and, like, the things that I grew up with and things that my parents grew up with, um, you have to be self-aware with that stuff, right? And so um, instead of, like, shutting down and like not explaining how you're feeling, you know, um, which is, you know, something that I'd be prone to doing, um, is you have to fight. And now, especially, especially with two little girls, Mm -hmm. you cannot do that. You know, you're, I'm, and it's snapped me out of any possible, you know, shortcomings with that. Then I, that I possibly could, they, they, they draw everything else out of you, you know, funny how that works. Oh yeah. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, being a parent, you, I think I hear this a lot too, where, you know, we look back and think of all the things our parents did wrong. As we grow older, and really when we have our own kids, we realize 
our parents did the best they could. Mm-hmm. There's no, and there's a manual. You might call that manual the Bible to help, you know, raise kids. But, you know, know knowing something and doing something, knowing how to implement that, is, those are two different things. And just because you know something doesn't mean you do it. Mm-hmm. And so as you get older, you, the humility comes is like, oh, maybe my parents did the best they could. I'm doing the best I can, and I fall short every day. And that humility, kids don't remember what you did wrong. They actually remember what you do right. And that's the good, that's the grace of a kid. But as we get older, sometimes we lose that grace. I think you mentioned, you know, in our early 20s, you know, we're maybe more arrogant, cocky, more prideful. Mm-hmm. As we live longer life, um, the Lord allows challenges to come in our life to maybe bring some humility to our life. Yeah. And uh, I think that's what you're talking to when I hear you say, those things. Yeah, no, you're 100% right when you say, you know, you know what, what's right and wrong, but it's one thing to know it and one thing to do it. And um, I, th- I think it was the, the man in the Bible who had a son who was possessed, and, and he said, Lord, you know, like, help me, you know. And I think at one point he, Jesus said, do you believe? And he goes, I believe. And then he says, but help me with my unbelief. <laughs> it's just funny because it's like I know but still help me do it, you know, like, like I know what's right and wrong, but it's sometimes so hard to, you know, and I think that's when, you know, self-control is another thing that I, I you know, I, I'm reading uh, in, the, in the book uh, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Mm, that's um, a good one. Yeah, um, just stoicism and all that stuff. And it's just interesting, like if you can't have self-control, then you, you, you can't, you're not fit for, to be a leader. Mm. Like if there's you, if you have no self-control. Um but it's something that is, yeah, it's, I'm very much into that right now. How do you model self-control in your life personally or professionally or both? Mm. I wish I could say, you know, oh, I do it perfectly, but I, I don't. I, you have to, again, having kids and, and, and or in a spouse too, you know, that, you know, calls you out on your shortcomings. What? Or, yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you, you've had Never that been yet. called out by my wife, man, uh, I'm good. Yeah, so they're they're the most honest critics, and so, and again, you don't, you, people don't know what they don't know. Like, mm-hmm. if, if you're if you're doing something and you're so used to it, you don't know what you're doing wrong or right, right? right? And, and there's, I, I forget who said that, but um, you never know you're in shackles until you move. So, like, if you sit still, and you've got chains on you, you don't know. But if you start walking away and you're like, whoa, what the heck's holding on to my legs and arms, you know? And so it's the same thing. It's like if you're used to being the same way, you know, undisciplined, you know, cold, you know, unforgiving, you know, you know, not gracious, you know, not kind, you know, if you're used to that, your level of normal is going to be other people's extremes of like, dude, that is, that's beyond, you know, that's not, that's not even like, being kind that's just blatantly rude you know and so I'm not saying that like that's like where things are at but like I'm always trying to find like take that baseline and lower it to where I thought what, what was normal and better is not good enough for me like I want I want to you know be better you know what I mean so mm, I like that <clears throat> you're watching a movie um what is the movie it's talking about the blind spots we are it's a football movie Blindside. Blindside. Thank you. Gosh. So, you know, who are those people in your life besides Allie, your wife, or your kids? Hey, Dad, why'd you do that? Oh, yeah. 
who are those people in your life that hold you accountable to finding those blind spots that we don't see so you can be your better self that God's called you to be? Who, who are those people in your life? Probably my mentor and, you know, my boss, uh, Mendel. He's the owner of the company that I'm operations manager for. You yeah. know, we oversee. When I first started, we had about 400 units managed, and now we're at like 16, 17, 1800-ish managed wow. units throughout the Willamette Valley. And um, throughout the eight years that um, I've been working there, he's been uh, – he's a good role model. He leads by example, but he, he'll call you out as well, you know, um, whether you like to hear it or not. And – it's good to hear it, um, yeah. you know. Mendel's a great guy. I don't know him well like you do, but I see him at the gym a lot. He's disciplined. He's got six kids, I think, six. Yep, yep. Um, I know you guys have gotten up early in the morning, take him drive over to the beach and go surfing like at, oh, dark 30. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy to me. But he, what, the way I see him and you also, Jesse, highly disciplined. Now, I don't know your your daily ins and out, but it, it appears that you guys are highly disciplined. Um but for Mendel, shout out to Mendel, good job. He's a great leader. I mean, he 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 actually he's doing the thing. He's not really even talking about. It. He's just doing. There's some people that love to talk about, it, mm-hmm. and you can see their Facebook stories. And it looks like they're doing amazing. Reality, yeah. they're they're not. Mm-hmm. I know Jesus had a name for those those people, like the the Pharisaic, you know, the the whitewashed tomb, you know. And I'm calling myself out too. Sometimes I'm a I look like a Pharisee. I'm actually saying things I'm not doing. And my wife would call me out and say, hey, why don't you just not say anything and just go do it? Oh. And so yeah. learning that lesson, be a doer. Yeah. Be a doer of the word. Be a doer. And I like the verse, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of a man does not achieve the righteousness of God. It's one of those verses I preach to myself daily because I think I have something to say. I think what I have to say is important. But really in reality is just be a doer. Yeah. And Mendel's a doer. I think you're a doer. So keep being a role model, specifically for your wife and your yeah. kids. So that's yeah. awesome. What is a, a lesson you've learned from your, your daughters? One lesson you can go, I'm sure there's probably many, but kids are pure. They're undefiled by the world and unstained, as like James talks about. They just say it how it is. And you and I, as we get older, we kind of, tend to pretend or fake or not quite say it, but they just say how it is. What's the lesson they've taught you at what's, what's uh, Olivia five? Mm-hmm. McKenna yeah, is she's like turning th- six here soon. And no way. McKenna is two and a half. They're, almost three. Yeah. They're okay. about almost three years apart. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, man. Besides how come you get to eat that? And I don't like, like no more. You've had too much sugar. And then they see me do it or Allie do it. Um, it's like, yeah, you're right. If it's bad for you, it's probably bad for me. It's funny. We wouldn't feed our kids what we feed ourselves. Oh, no. Heck I, no. Isn't that interesting? Kids aren't supposed to have red dye number 40, but Come I can. On. Yeah. No problem, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, the hypocr- hypocrisy is real. It's, yeah, interesting. Um, but I think, man, just like bringing out the tenderness in, 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 in men, you know, like, especially with me, you know, uh, what's weird is they've taught me more about how I, my husband more than how I'm a father, right? I feel like being a father for me came more naturally because it's like, when you see your daughters, your own flesh and blood, mm-hmm. it's just like protect, 
care, love, coddle, right? Like it's just natural, natural. when you see those yeah. sweet faces, right? But when Allie and I are having an ar- like an argument or talking. You guys argue? That's weird. No, never. 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 Yeah. Nope, nope. It's just heated debates. That's what we do. <laughs> no. Yeah. Heated uh, debates. Difference of opinions. Yeah. It, it, the, the thought is, you know, like, I don't ever want my kids to see certain aspects and think that that's normal or yeah. okay. Right. Yeah. So I think more than like what lessons they've taught me in terms of fatherhood, they've taught me more about like, and I think about this often, like even with, you know, Blake on the way, you know, like what kind of a dad and a father and a husband do I want him to be? Mm-hmm. Right. And for my daughters, like, what do I want them to want in a man? Am I that? You know what I mean? Like someday, what are they going to long for in a spouse? Am I, am I displaying that as a attractive quality? You see what I'm saying? So <clears throat> that's like, it just, and it brings me to one of my thoughts of, you know, like when people say, well, I'm not ready to have kids or I'm not financially ready. I'm not ready to be married. I'm not financially ready to, you know, you know, split my money with someone else. You'll never be ready. <clears throat> and as Dave Ramsey said, you know, like having, like if you've got a spending problem, having more money will not solve that, right? It's, you know, it's a month, it's a, it's a financial problem. It's a spending problem, right? More yeah. money's not going to solve that. And it's, um, you know, but tying it back to, you know, fatherhood, there's nothing that will prep you in life, like just getting thrown in there in the fire, right? Yeah. Like you can sit there and train and train and train, but sometimes at some point you got to go play the game. You know what I mean? At some point, you know, Tiger Woods can practice and practice and practice, but at some point he's just got to go out there and trust that his hard work is paying off. And so whether it's finances or maybe you're not feeling like you're mature enough, I promise you, like once you, you know, once you have, see that child, you're going to shape up real quick. You know, it's just, there's a lot of things that you start noticing about yourself. Like, man, I, I thought it was great. That's because I didn't have to take care of anyone but myself, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, it just brings out a lot of ugliness out of people, which is which is good, you know? Yeah. Yeah, there's no perfect time to have kids. I mean, you, mathematically, you, I can't afford to have kids. My yeah. grandma had 14 kids. That's all? That's all. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, 14 kids, and they're all, you know, they all live great lives. Interesting. But we can't mathematically afford to have kids. We just have to jump in, like I said, and God works out the details. What is a lesson you want to teach your kids? Like, think of Blake. That's his name, right? Blake Mm -hmm. being born. You have two daughters. Maybe you're a little bit more tender with them. Mm -hmm. Blake come out. Hopefully there's tenderness there too. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you've had five, almost six years with Olivia, Mm -hmm. almost three with McKenna. Like being born, what's a lesson you want to teach Blake as a growing man? He's not even born yet. We're talking about him being a man. Yeah. You can say, like, when he comes out, hey, be a man. Yeah. Yeah. What's that look like? Besides throwing a baseball, besides a football, no. Um, I would say the one thing that I really want to instill from the get go is being a servant hmm. is the sign of a man, right? Um, Jesus, for instance, the greatest king of all time, the greatest man of all time, right? Uh, I forget who said the quote, but Jesus served with the heart of a king, but led with the heart of a servant, right? So he was the, the king of all servants. He served people 
washed people's feet. He he did. He was the most selfless man. But as a king, he was you know that's that's the way he ruled. You know, so I I I want to make sure that my my son knows that being a man isn't you know shooting a gun. You know, putting a chew in. You know, like throwing a baseball hundred miles an hour. It's I want to make sure that he knows that and and. I was listening to another podcast and someone said like, you don't really become a man until you're responsible for something. You know, a lot of, a lot of other cultures, they have ceremonies like, Oh, can, when you turn this age, you're officially a man or this yeah. or that. But like when you're responsible for other people and you're taking care of them, yeah. um, it, for, first off that I think was by nature, by design, God created serving to first off, get, get your eyes off of you. Right. When you think that you've been shortchanged, you know, take a look around, you know, drive downtown for instance, and take a look at the streets you know, of Salem, you know, yeah. like it's, um, but just instilling in, in my son, you know, a, a caring heart, um, you know, and, and serving, serving other people, you know, taking care of other people, not, mm. not just himself, you know, um, uh, cause this world is very, you know, about me, how I feel, you know, like everything from like what news station, you know, will feed my agenda and what I believe, you know, what, what me, 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 you know, and so, trying to combat that and in this world is going to be tough. Mm -hmm. It's a challenge that I, I'm going to do my best. Yeah. Well, the whole idea, you know, we live in this world and we love, you know, shooting guns and being guys and golfing. I know you're a golfer and we, we love those manly things. But what you said is being a real man, a man of God is really about how we serve people. And that the world doesn't say that, you know, it's about more, 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 me, me, me. I call it the trinity of self, me, myself, and I. Yeah. And uh, that flesh battles daily between the flesh and the spirit and really surrendering to the Lord that I walk by means of the spirit. And Yeah. Man, what a challenge. But you, you got your hands full because now you have three of them. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite Bible verse that you have shared with your, your daughters, maybe your son coming uh, soon, uh, that impact them? That I can share with them. We're, we're going through their, like, children's Bible right now, which is a bunch of pictures and, like, kind of, like, stories. Yeah. And so they're trying to just learn the basics of yeah. it. And um, but one of the, like, one of my favorite stories that's, like, in the Old Testament that I will, you know, like, because a lot of people, like, I know I've been super guilty of it, um, skipping through the Old Testament because it just sometimes doesn't make sense to mm -hmm. me. Yeah. And it's just, I'd rather just go to the Gospels, you know, and just skip ahead. But, um. The story of Mephibosheth, you know, uh, he was lame in, in his feet, you know, he was deformed. And the king asked him, hey, uh, is there anybody um, that can bring me uh, uh, Mephibosheth? So I can basically, because of who his dad is, I want to honor that that agreement that I had with him, that I would take care of his lineage, if, if you know, if I conquered him and his, you know, his kingdom, I would, because he's my brother. And so I, I made that promise with them. So he brings them and his servants find Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth thinks he's going to be beheaded. So he goes there, you know, probably head bowed, you know, and says, uh, what do you want from me? And he goes, I'm, you know, I'm going to give you back your land and you're going to eat with me and dine with me. Not because, you know, what you've done, but who, who your father is. Mm -hmm. Like your father, I made that promise with him. And that, that story to me, you know, because of who Jesus is, we get to sit 
at the table, not because of what we've done, but mm. because of who our father is. And not only that, there's another cool um, word picture that I like to use is like when you're at the table, right? Like Mephibosheth's deformities under the table are not seen. Right. He's just another one of everyone else at the table, which is really cool because we're in we're, when we're in the presence of God, we think that we are coming there with all this, you know, baggage and stuff, yeah. but those deformities are hidden, you know? Yeah. Um, so things like that. I just love sharing stories and like um, can't wait till when they start being able to grasp that, but they both go, um, uh, McKenna goes, will be going to Cross Hill Christian next year with Olivia. Yeah. And they do a great job of, you know, sharing, you know, the basics and all that stuff of, of the Bible. But yeah, we, she, they've both got their little word, word picture Bible that, that we go through, you know, of mm. the whale and, you know, the good Samaritan and all those stories. But yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, let's just transition a little bit real quick. Mm-hmm. What is, uh, when you think of investing in real estate, what's mm-hmm. that look like to you? Um, where are you at right now? Today we're in 2023. Mm-hmm. The market's interesting. Yeah. Not a lot of inventory as our, as our investor, real estate broker, mm-hmm. you know, our prices, you know, with inflation, uh, everything just, it's just a little bit uneasy. People mm-hmm. are uneasy. What would you say about where you're currently at, what the market looks like, where we're going, should we be investing? Should we be buying or should we not? Uh, anybody that tells you definitive answer is lying. And I'll say that because each person's situation, like for instance, if if you're a really good saver, then I would say, yeah, you should invest. You know, if you've got a little bit of extra money, invest in it, you know, um, invest it. But if you've got a spending problem and you're tight on cash, then probably not. Like, So giving generic advice is something that, I probably don't recommend people do. It's just like, oh, you, you, my way is the best. Like, look at what I did, you know? Well, also, everybody and their moms made money in the last three years. So, you know, buy crypto, buy houses, buy, you know, businesses, buy whatever, buy Pokemon cards. What I mean, it's just like, okay. Um, but where I'm at, I've uh, got some units in Arizona, and I'm looking at buying some businesses. Um, and again, my my main goal is to, die and pass away and leave something to my kids that yeah. they can, you know, look back and say like, man, like, where did this start? Did I great, great, great. Nope. Like right here, this guy like decided like, you know, I'm going to buy up some real estate. I'm going to buy up some businesses. And, um, that's, you know, I just want to leave that to my kids. And, but for me, per, cause let's be honest in 30 years, I may not even be here, you know, who knows, but I, hopefully, but by the time a 30 year mortgage is paid off, it's mainly for my kids to enjoy when that's yeah. paid off. They're going to be reaping the benefits. Right. Yeah. Um, but my main goal is to, again, just have some revenue streams. And I don't like using the word passive because nothing truly in this life is passive. If you know, like you've got a, you know, real estate, you have to, you know, be watching it and, you know, like doing your yearly evals. Cause if not, you're going to realize, wait, when did this leak happen? It was like three years ago, but you didn't know. And now you have to replace all the flooring, you know? It's, it's like, passive income. Yeah. See, I didn't yeah. know I had to do something. Yeah. But that is kind of a lie. It is a lie. It yeah. is a lie. There's the grass th- still needs to be watered and fertilized. Last time I checked. Exactly. Exactly. And so trying to find find your strengths, first of all. Like, the only reason why I invest in real estate isn't because, like, I feel like it's the only way and it's the best way. It's just the way that I'm comfortable with because, like, yeah. I've invested the last eight years of my life working around real estate, investors, you know, management, 
everything from the maintenance to the leasing to the evictions to the, I mean, like, it's just what I know, right? Yeah. So find out what you're good at, and, you know, find a way to invest in something that you, you know, enjoy doing. Because if, if you hate doing it and you're just like, oh, I'm going to just hire someone to do it, you know, again, it's, I don't know how profitable those, you know, ventures are, but yeah. Are you right now more interested in a business that brings cash flow or rentals or like real estate apartment complexes that would bring cash flow? I'm right now looking at businesses only because I'm looking at boomer businesses that like where boomers are retiring Mm -hmm. and they're just like, Hey, it's a great business. Nothing really wrong with it. I'm just tired. I'm tired. Yeah. And that's just like, okay, well I'm not, you know, and I've got, you know, some energy, you know? So looking at those, um, trying to find owner carries where, you know, they're like, well, I'll, I'll be your bank, you know, and make the interest and you pay me. That'll be my retirement check every month. Beautiful. You know, it's a win-win, you know, you know, and then if they ever want to get cashed out, you refinance the business, you know, Mm -hmm. and there, there's options there, but they're out there. You just got to, the more you fish, the more you catch. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm just trying to put my lines in the water. Yeah. Yeah. With rates being high, short-term rates, long-term rates, it is a great time to do owner financing, giving them what they want, which is a win. They get a monthly cash flow. And then when rates do come down the next, what, three months, six months, a year, two years, whenever, whenever we refinance and pay them off. Or, and maybe they do a 15 year contract because they don't want to pay a capital gains today or this year or next year. Mm-hmm. So it's just a win, win deal. I love the word win, win. I never do real estate or investing in a win, lose, whether I win, they lose, I lose, they win. It must be win, win. And if you really do that and honor people, it's amazing. People do that. That's really yeah. cool. So, yep. Well, bro, this is fun, man. I love hearing your story. Uh, different perspective. You're a younger guy than me. Are you, you're 33? 34. 34. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a young guy, young man, still hungry. You get a little older sometimes, you kind of lose a little bit of the edge of that drive. I still have it, but definitely don't want to do what I once did when I was in my 30s. It is definitely different. Yeah. Really harnessing that energy and, you know, putting it to good use when you have the energy. That's really awesome. Yep. Let's, let's do this. Let's in this way, you know, things I think about is what is Jesse most proud of? And if somebody wanted to reach out to you and just talk to you about, Hey, what's it like to buy a business to buy real estate? Could I work with you, Jesse? I like you. I think I trust you. Uh, Cause I think you'd give great advice. You don't, I like, I like Dave Ramsey, I, but I do think that he does one size fits all. Yeah. And there's no, and I couldn't agree more like for somebody no, it absolutely doesn't make sense to buy a home right now. I'm sorry. It just, it just doesn't. Or yeah. for you, absolutely, you absolutely should buy a home, and here's here's why. But, yeah, how would we wrap up this here, what you're most proud of, and, and then how do people connect with you? How do they figure out who you are? Where, where do you live? You know, what do you know? What do you own down in Arizona? You know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, we invested in Tucson because um, Phoenix. So my wife and I moved away from – Salem about a year and a half ago just because we were wanting a fresh start you know whether it be political reasons or just wanting to hit the reset and get away from the noise of you know the inner circle you know having input on stuff and um and we went there and it just wasn't for us (laughs) we went there for about six seven months I don't even remember moved to Gilbert Chandler Mm. Arizona about 15 minutes outside of Scottsdale it was just super superficial like just not our people, you know, we're more of barbecues and, you know, ball games and they're more of like, get your, you know, Gucci purses out and your, you know, 
your nice polos and come out and drive your cars. And I don't, it was just, wasn't our fit. And it was really hot. Although I enjoyed the heat every night I was in the pool, like at 10 PM and it was still 105 degrees at 10 PM. And it was just by myself in the pool. Um, but it was pretty brutally hot. If you didn't get your stuff done by 9 AM, you're, you're screwed, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Um, but we moved back just because, you know, as much as we, there's things we don't like, this is where, this is our community, you know? Mm. So we moved back um, in Salem uh, and, you know, yeah, I, we love the community here. Um, but what I'm most proud of, again, probably my family, not probably, definitely my family, mm. um, my kids, my wife, you know, proud of who my wife is, you know, what she believes and stands up for, you know, and her, it's just funny. Like a lot of the things that like I enjoy and like loved about my wife, like her tenderness, her kindness, her meekness, which again, meekness is not weakness Mm -mm. is not the people get those two confused, you know? Um, She, those types of things are the things that like she can sometimes can get, you know, including myself and our kids can like abuse that about her. Like, Oh, she'll uh, let it slide. Oh, she's, you know? And, um, so those are, those are things that like, I have to realize like her, her strengths and what we love about her are also things that I can take advantage of, which I have to be careful, Mm -hmm. you know, and even the kids too, you know, they're like, Oh, I'll ask mom, not dad, you know, or it's just classic. But I'm, so proud of you know her and who she is and what she stands for and what she believes in and how she leads by example with our girls you know um she's and she she always tells me she goes i just got this i just sometimes have this guilt you know i'm i'm like i feel like i'm just a so-so mom a so-so mortgage advisor a so-so daughter a so-so you know wife and I'm like no you, you know you're what you're doing you know they see that you know um yeah, she's, yeah, I'm just, mo- I'm very, very proud of her. Yeah. yeah. She needs to hear that on a daily basis. I think our wives do yeah. <clears throat> be encouraged yeah. daily because you're right. We can just take it for granted. The law of familiarity breeds contempt. Yep. And so practicing gratitude, encouragement, love. Yeah. Hey, what a concept. Well, as we wrap up, Jesse, how do people contact you? They love your story. They want to hear more about who Jesse is. You're uh, a young man with a family leading well not perfect but well how do they how do they get a hold of you um probably in this day and age you can't really hide from anybody so you should just google <laughs> jesse barnes salem oregon and you'll probably find more than you want to know about me yeah, um yeah. but uh, my email is jesse barnes investments and it's kind of long but jesse barnes investments mm-hmm. at gmail.com um i would give my cell phone out here but there's a lot of weirdos out there and i don't know how many listeners are out there, but I'm, I'm happy to meet with people. Um, I I have social media, but I don't, I don't utilize it so much where I'm posting every day. I just post things that I'm most proud of, which when you go there, you'll see things about my family. Um, a couple things about real estate and beaver stuff. That's go beavers. Come on. That's about it. I love it. Simple life. Keeping it really, really simple. Dude, I really love this. Uh, really appreciate you sharing your heart. What's really most important to you. We all need to hear that. It is our family, you know, God, wife, kids, and really making that our primary ministry. Yep. Well, I appreciate your transparency. And I just want to say thanks to all the listeners out there uh, this week and every week. 
that you guys come on, you listen. Um, I pray that it uh, impacts you in a positive way. I also pray that you will share it with somebody that will impact. And again, we don't know who it's going to impact, but we know that God gets the glory in this. So, Jesse, thanks for sharing your story that God does get the glory in your life. So, thanks again. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much, buddy. You bet. Bye.